Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience yep. continue in some well-doing seat, nope. for glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Great Luke You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yeah. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yeah. yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yeah. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yeah. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yeah. Have time to wait? Thank you. 
choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard see it's hard to choose Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Man, that's a great song. That is a great song. You know, I'm going to play one more. Everybody listening? Uh, the show has definitely started. Uh, uh, welcome to ISBHBK, the Israelite School of Biblical History, Biblical History and Practical Knowledge. Uh, my name is Mashaba, one of the teachers here. With the, um, uh, we have school locations in San Antonio, Texas, Houston, Texas, Norfolk, Virginia, and Rochester, New York, as far as the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge. But you can find Hebrew Israelite uh, classes, teachings, um, schools uh, across America, across the world right now. Um, we just happen to be, uh, again, uh, with the ISBHBK, the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge. Welcome, 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 welcome. Um, the show has definitely started. I did the intro there, uh, that, that song, Choices. Everybody got choices? I love that song. Because uh, it's true. It's true. We all do have choices, uh, whether we're going to serve the most high, whether we're going to serve ourselves and serve Satan or serve Satan. Um, it, you have a choice, right? And that, that's one thing that, that we don't realize, especially as we come to the knowledge of us knowing that we're Israelites. We now have a choice, whereas where it was just left that we're just Americans, you pretty much didn't have no choice. You had to be an American or, or, or be a thug or be a, a criminal or be ostracized from society. Um, subject to the to the, the morals the 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 the, the morals of, of this wicked place, uh, we had no choices. We had no choices. But now that we've come into the knowledge of the truth of who we are, that we are the Hebrew Israelites, and the truth of the Bible, the truth that and the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, so-called Mexicans, that the truth of our identity, the truth of our nationality, is that. We are the descendants of the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. That if we can just grasp this concept, the people Moses led through the Red Sea and freed from the captivity of Egypt, they were actual people. They weren't not a religion, all right? They weren't just spirits. They were an actual blood-related people called Israelites. They were actual, actual descendants of a man named Abraham, who had, a, who had a son named Isaac, and Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob subsequently had 12 sons, and these 12 sons became, uh, his lineage became the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. That's not a religion, people. That's not a religion. That, that's, that's a nationality. That's a bloodline. That's, that's who we are. Not by religion, okay? Not by religion. And it was our forefathers that were actually free from the slavery of Egypt, now, obviously, with the Egyptians being the world power at the time, they had many people in captivity. They were, they, were the, they were the superpower of the earth at that particular time in ancient Egypt. So when they fell and, and, and were brought down for the Israelites to be free, of course other nations became free. Of course there was a mixed multitude of people that, that came out of Egypt. It's not like just the Israelites came out of Egypt. Egypt kept ruling, and the other people stayed there under, their, their, um, under the Egyptian dominion. Obviously not. Obviously not. But the purpose of the downfall of the Egyptian empire under Pharaoh during the time of Moses was to free for the, for the liberation of the children of Israel, for the liberation of uh, today the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, 
Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, so-called Mexicans here in the Western Hemisphere. Now, yes, we, are, we do stress a lot um, uh, the Western Hemisphere, uh, the people here in the Western Hemisphere, because we happen to live in the Western Hemisphere, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm right now currently in San Antonio, Texas, living here in the Western Hemisphere. So this why we, uh, we, we pronounce those people up from the, uh, the, uh, the 12 tribes chart that we have now, as being Israelites, because over here we have really lost touch with our identity, more so than our, our people that have been scattered throughout the four corners of the earth, like the scripture says. The Israelites have been scattered to the four corners of this planet. All right, and then that's, that's all through the scriptures about part of the, the, the consequences and part of the punishments that, that, that befell and has befallen the 12 tribes of Israel, the Hebrew Israelites, is that for our disobedience to God's laws, statutes, commandments, and judgments, that we'll be brought into captivity, that we will be exiled out of our, the promised land, out of our homeland, out of the land that was promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to their descendants, that we will be exiled out of the land, be scattered to the four corners of the earth, but then there's going to be a redeemer. There's going to be a savior. There's going to be a deliverer, the, the main one who's going to come and, and gather the 12 tribes of Israel from the four corners of the earth and bring us back to our homeland, similar, in a similar fashion that Moses did back to ancient Egypt. Okay? Um, but before I go off into that and everything, um, I do want to play one more song. Um, just want everybody to know, yeah, class has definitely started, but I did want to play one more song. Um, <laughs> and this is for the brother Jeremiah and the brothers from Masharal Yasha'Allah. I, I just want to go ahead and, and, and play this also. I just kind of spirit them in, all right? So class is started, y'all. Don't, 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 uh, don't think class has not started. Matter of fact, use this time to, to spread the word, all right? Um, if anybody wants to call in uh, to, to the live stream and listen to class live, uh, they can call area code 646. 668-2568. Again, that's area code 646-668-2568. They can listen to a live stream right now. Um, you, you forward that to them. Or if they want to listen um, uh, on, on their smartphones, on their computers, or laptops, or, 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 or tablets, uh, you can go to www.blogtalk, <coughs> B-L-O-G, blog talk radio, B-L-O-G-T-A-L-K, uh, one word, uh, blog talk radio, R-A-D-I-O www.blogtalkradio.com. Um, when, that, when that page comes up, go to the search box, and you'll see it. That's on, it's on every web page. Go to the search box and type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. Bam. It's going to bring it to our episode page, and on our episode page, you'll see it live broadcast right now, broadcasting live. Just click the arrow, and you'll be able to listen to us uh, that way. Um, or if you catch one of the archive shows, which, which we, we appreciate also, um, either you can uh, follow us on ISBHPK Bible Talk through either Google Podcasts, through either Podcast Addict, through um, Apple iTunes, uh, uh, Apple Apple iTunes Radio Podcasts, or iHeart Radio Podcasts. All right, that's the way uh, to, to to keep in touch with us. And um, uh, as as each of our classes is done. The schedule of our class is basically um, Mondays is, is, is me, uh, and usually I have the brother Gabar Kawhi reading uh, with me. Um, Mondays is, is pretty much me here in the mornings, uh, Monday mornings. Um, 
Tuesdays uh, is Tazapa Tuesdays, Tazapa Tuesdays, Tazapa Tuesdays, with Tazapa and, and, uh, and his wife, uh, Hasidaya. Then on Wednesdays, we come back, and it's usually myself again on Wednesdays. Um, then I'll, get, I'll do another class on Thursdays, and usually that, those are going to be in the mornings. Um, and then Friday, we come back Friday evening. Uh, the Brother Barabad uh, does a class um, Friday night, um, uh, Bible breakdowns, uh, Friday night Bible breakdowns, okay? So, and the reason we pretty much have this schedule is – uh, not to interfere with any of the other uh, ISBHPK um, uh, YouTube classes that are going on in the evenings, all right? Um, here in San Antonio, um, or you can go to ISBHPK YouTube, ISBHPK San Antonio YouTube. Um, they have classes Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, um, and that wants to interfere with that, but um, still want to be able to teach and, and, and get a class out. I do, I do Monday mornings. I do Tuesday uh, mornings also. Um, just in that habit, y'all. I'm just 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 gotten that habit. Uh, when we was in Albuquerque, when we first got to Albuquerque about three, four years ago, five years ago, um, there was a brother that that his work schedule didn't permit him to make class in the evenings, so we changed everything for for him and his family. Um, and instead of having class in the evenings, we moved it to the mornings, so he he could still get class and everything. So, um. To, to try and accommodate the brother and his family, uh, we did change the classes from, from 7 p.m. Um, in the evenings to uh, 10 a.m. In, in the mornings uh, to accommodate, accommodate him uh, so he, he can get taught. Uh, I'll praise to the Most High. And we pretty much just kept it there. Pretty much just kept it there. Um, and the brother, uh, Tazapah, um, now for his work schedule, it's also more convenient for him to do um, uh, uh, Tuesday mornings as well. Wednesdays, again, that one to interfere with any of the other classes being taught by either ISBHBK San Antonio, ISBHBK um, Houston, or ISBHBK Norfolk or Rochester, as they have their YouTube classes in the evenings. And ain't trying to make a competition. Ain't trying to make this, this um, <laughs> uh, you know, like, like ISB, ISUBK that says cross the line. I'm not trying to cross the line right? or draw a line in the sand. Like you either have to listen to us or listen to them. That's, it's not even like that at all. It's not even like that at all. We, uh, we, we do this as, as, as a service and a, and a duty um, to try uh, just help get this word out and doing our part and doing the work, all right? Um, and then Friday, Fridays, um, uh, it, it goes back and forth between Houston or Norfolk. Uh, they do a, a Friday night class, and they come back, they come back Saturday mornings uh, doing a Sabbath ceremony, um, and they've been doing that for years. They've been doing that for, for years. Um, and uh, just recently, within the past year or so, um, San Antonio also started doing a Sabbath service also that you can catch online as, as well. But not to want to interfere with any of that uh, and, again, in, in, in cause any type of, 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 of strife or competition. Uh, we don't have a class on Saturdays. Um, sometimes we might do one on Sundays, uh, but, you know, just stay tuned for those things. But I want to play this song. This, this, this song is about six years old also, maybe seven. Um, the Hebrews are coming. All right, the Hebrews are coming. I just want to just play this, play this a little bit. I'm in that mode, and we're going to jump into the class. All right, here we go. Yeah. Who it is, House of the Redeemed Servant. 
Heroes are coming, yeah. yeah. Hundred thousand, Introduction, so shalom, shalom, shalom. Uh, just a reminder, uh, uh, as, far, as far as any other announcements, you know, we do have a website uh, set up. There is a website that's been set up at isbhpk.org. That is, that is isbhpk.org. We invite you, please, to go and check it out. Um, and uh, you can help show support. Um, we have uh, several businesses um, uh, located on the website, from Sweet Ambiance, where you get the latest in, 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 in fragrances for the house, body, soul, and mind. Um, you can get your, your Israel wear. There's a link to Israel wear, where if you want to go and get your, your garments, men, women, and children, 
uh, from from headscarves to 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 robes to dresses to uh, to girdles to um, I must say girdles, not for the women's girdles, but the leather girdles uh, that, that the men wear that's described like by Christ and Revelation, uh, like what Christ wore in Revelation chapter one, verse uh, twelve through fifteen. Um, you, you can get all that uh, turbans. Uh, you can get your hookup. Right? Uh, Amantes You can definitely get your hookup. Um, at Israel wear. Uh, going through the, the website isbhbk.org. Um, and then uh, you, Israelite jewelry. They, they've stepped it up. They've definitely stepping the game up. In Israelite jewelry from rings, bracelets, um, um, uh, earrings, uh, um, uh, or in, any art that you might want to get to put on the walls or whatever. Uh, Chosen Creations. Uh, they have Chosen Creations, um, a link to Chosen Creations uh, on the website. We're actually going to check, the, uh, check those things out. Uh, and remember that that as you uh, your patronage to, to these uh, – hold on one second, y'all. Hold on one second, one second, one second, one second. If I get that right, February 12th, it's going to be the, the, the next Hebrew Summit. Right? It's going to be the next Hebrew Summit there in Houston, Texas. Right? The next Hebrew Summit is going to be in Houston, Texas. So we do invite anybody, please come and check it out. It's, it's pretty much sponsored by the by the uh, the Masrallah Yasha Allah and all the camps that it had that are um, um, associated with the Masrallah Yasha Allah, from the the Light of Zion down in Miami, Florida, to uh, Ambassador of Christ, to uh, uh, Zabak, the the house of the house of uh, of Israel. <coughs> to um, uh, the brother Daniel Allah, I forget the name of his camp right now. It's just it's been in my mind that uh, it's a bunch of uh, Mount Zion, the twelve tribes of Israel, uh, that we've all coming together um, and trying to have these summits and just 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 unify more. You know, not 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 outside of the high holy days, but just give a, a chance for us to come together every every three or four months 
uh, in the different cities to see what each camp kind of has going on and to support one another. Right? It's been, I forget which one this is, but uh, we've had these summits from, from all over the United States, from Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, San Antonio, Texas, um, Atlanta, uh, Miami, Los Angeles. Um, they, they've been all over. They've been all over. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Sakari the, uh, participate, participates uh, in the summits uh, with the Guerrilla Hebrew and, and the brothers. So uh, this next one is going to be February 12th uh, in Houston. Please go to the website, isbhbk.org. Um, uh, if you have any questions, uh, uh, there should be a link to it and ask about it. All right? it, it really is something else. Um, it, it, it's it's, it's something else to see all the different camps coming together um, and, 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 and try to support one another. Um, you know, on Friday, uh, the Friday of that weekend, uh, the, 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 the summit lasts, uh, it's, th- it's a three-day summit. The Friday, that, 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 that Friday, um, uh, there's always a, a unity camp, right? That, that all the camps, all the fantastic dynamic street teachers um, uh, that you see, that you know, they, they come and we're all together, street teaching. Oh, man, and, and you got you might have a couple hundred people out there with all the different camps going out there, and it's straight fire, all right, uh, just street teaching. And we, we lighten the, 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 the streets of Houston up. Um, and that can last from anywhere from 6 in the evening, 4, four in the afternoon, to midnight, 1, 2 o'clock in the, in the morning. Straight just teaching, just you know, putting the word of the Messiah out there, and it's a beautiful thing. So, for a lot of people that you do see on YouTube, um, and really get into the class, really, really, really like the way they street teach. Most of these brothers, they're gonna be at the summit. Right? They're gonna be at the summit. So, it's, it's a chance to get to to, to uh, be with them and check them out. That's gonna be on Friday. Then we come back on Saturday, and this, uh, on Saturday is Sabbath class, and, and that. Who to, to read the Sabbath class that's, that, that's presented by the brother Kahan and the brother Shalama? Uh, they usually they, they pretty much run the Sabbath class and they go through all the prayers and go through all the anointings and, and go through the whole Sabbath service with men who've been in this work for thirty years, twenty five years, twenty years plus, um, and just feeding off of their experiences, feeding off their experience, feeding off their knowledge, feeding off their spirit, um, and and understanding edification that they bring out. It really is something else, man. It really is something else. And that pretty much starts at 7 a.m., going back to the old school, 1 West on 25th Street, um, when Sabbath service will be done by uh, Chief Hafiz Arya, 7 a.m. Heading up at 7 a.m. And, and, and going uh, to about 12, 1 o'clock. Then from there, right after that, we, we're having uh, um, uh, a meeting, a unity meeting, where it's dinner. Uh, we get together and, and break bread with, with, with each other and get a chance to socialize, uh, rub elbows, network, and just get a chance to enjoy each other's uh, company, go over any type of, of, of uh, uh, matters that need to be brought up, any questions anybody might have, um, and, and, and trying to just help get things organized and get things together under the Masra Yashallah, which means the government of Israel. All right? And then we come back on Sunday, um, and usually there's a uh, – we, we find a, a – a, um, there's a park that's rented out or a community center that's, that's rented out. And, you know, it's Israelites. <laughs> it's Israelites. So we have a huge uh, barbecue picnic. Um, and, again, just to enjoy one another. Just to, uh, another to enjoy one another. 
get, getting in some of them talks, getting in some of the, the, the that networking, um, and just unifying, right? Just unifying. So let me, let me look this up. Just make sure I got those dates. I, pre, I believe when I looked up last, it was February 12th. And I told myself I did not want to forget this date. I want to make sure I made, make these announcements. Yes, indeed. It's uh, February 10th, 11th, and 12th. Right? February 10th, 11th, and 12th. Is that right? Hold on a second, y'all. Watch out for the war. Watch out. Here they come. We're coming. Mm-mm, we're coming. Watch out. Here we come. Watch out. Here we come. So many threads I'm on, y'all. Forgive me. I'm on a lot of threads. I just want to pull it up. Where'd it go? Here it is, here it is, y'all. It is the Marshall Yasha Allah presents the 18th and uh, 18th uh, Hebrew Summit of uh, 2023 Summit, uh, February Unicap. is going to be February 3rd. Forgive me, y'all, so make, make adjustments. The Unicap is going to be Friday, February 3rd, um, 2023, at the... Uh, Fiesta parking lot, uh, 1512 Windcrest Drive in Houston, Texas, 77099. Uh, starting time is going to be at 1 p.m. We're going to get it. It's going to be getting it in. going to be getting it in, like I said, from 1 p.m. to sometimes they go to 1 a.m., uh, 12 midnight. It's going to be fire out there. Brothers just teaching and enjoying each other and hearing the words of the Most High. Um, that's going to be on Friday. February 3rd, then Saturday, February 4th, we'll be at the, the VFW at two, uh, 2200 um, Staffordshire Road, right, uh, 2200 Staffordshire Road um, in Missouri City, Texas, uh, 77289. Uh, um, for the Houston area, uh, the summit service starts at 1 p.m., right? It's going to start at 1 p.m. Uh, the summer start time is going to be 4 p.m., and fellowship and, and vending from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., it looks like, or 11, 11, 11 p.m. All right, so just again, if you go through the dates out there, and I'm going to keep announcing these so it gives my life to my mind. Uh, February 3rd, Friday, February 3rd is going to be Unicamp. And then Saturday, February 4th, that's going to be the actual summit. We'll get together and, 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 and uh, have a separate service, talk, rap, and, and discuss any, 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 any matters, issues, whatever need to be brought up. Um, 
on, on, a, on a national level. Um, and then uh, we get into the vending, vending and, and fellowship. Right? And then Sunday, Sunday, February, make sure I get this on third, fourth, the fifth, is going to be uh, the family barbecue. And the address is going to be at the same. It's going to be at the VFW. Um, February 5th, 2023, starting time is going to be at 2 p.m. from 2 to 11. Uh, vending will start from 12 noon to, to 11 p.m. So if, if, if you want to uh, bring your merchandise or wares out there to, to, to sell, um, to, to, to network with other Israelites and business ventures also, that's what it's about. So, so, so let's get it. All right, let's get it, y'all. Um, again, Houston, Texas, um, February 3rd. All right, February 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Um, let's let's make it, y'all. Let's have your place, have your face in the place to be. All right. With all that now, with all that, let me now jump into this class. Let me now jump back into this class, y'all. Let me see how much time I got. All right, cool, cool, cool. We have plenty of time, plenty of time. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, um, hear me. You know, I feel like um, you know, I need to get that sound clip. I'm going to get that sound clip from um, uh, um, Morpheus uh, from, from, from Matrix when he made the announcement to Zion. Zion, hear me. All right. Um, the, I'm doing a series right now about salvation. Right? I'm doing a series right now covering the topic of biblical salvation, okay? And the reason why I, want, I wanted to go into this is because um, it's coming to my attention that not a lot of people are really familiar with what biblical salvation is. We're familiar with a religious salvation of being saved, but the religious definition that many people go by the the biblical not, not biblical the religious narrative that people are misguided into believing that they're saved already or of what they believe salvation really is going to be about it doesn't it doesn't match the what the bible actually tells us right? it do, it doesn't really match what the bible actually tells us so i just want to go i want i wanted to go through this class um this series um, to try and help help bring it out help, and help get a more a better biblical foundation for people to understand what the Bible is talking about, all right? To, to, to get the, the the biblical point of view, all right? Um, I mean, from scriptures like uh, Matthew chapter six verse nine down, which gives us the Lord's prayer, um, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, that in that prayer, we really are praying for God's kingdom to come and for God's kingdom to be here on earth and for things to be done on earth like it is in heaven. Um, we've been given this, 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 uh, this picture that salvation is going to be us just floating up in the clouds. Um, and we have this, we've been given this notion about the pearly gates. Um, and that Peter is standing at the pearly gates, um, I guess just waiting, I guess, for, for us to die, um, and has a book open, and then he's going to read in the book, 
in order to give you entrance into the kingdom of heaven, the pearly gates, which is up, or give you the sentence to go down to, to a fiery pit where, where, where there's this creature named Satan looking like Baphomet, looking like uh, um, uh, Molech, looking like some type of um, Hellboy, if I remember the movie Hellboy, um, looking like the devil on a hot sauce bottle, that, that that's what's going to be awaiting. And I want to go ahead, again, and going into this series, let's really take a look at biblical salvation. And where we're at now, let me just to, to help you catch somebody up, just, just as briefly as I possibly can. Um, going to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, and it says, um, and that from a child. First off, I'm probably going to go here. Let's go to Isaiah 34, 16. I usually start. There, so let's let's get that again. When we go to Isaiah chapter thirty-four and verse sixteen, we're given more instructions. Right? We're given more instructions by God, um, and how to deal with His knowledge, how to deal with Him. So when we read Isaiah chapter thirty-four and verse sixteen, it says, "Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail; none shall want her mate." For my mouth it has commanded, and his spirit it has gathered them. Some of the key points that we want to pull out of this verse right here from Isaiah 34, 16, is to get the book of the Lord, which is the Bible, and to read. It's important now that we get the book of the Lord, we get the Bible, and we read the Bible. Right? Um, the, the, read the entire Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, and the Apocrypha. That, that, that's where our answers lie. That and, and the reason this is important to state is if you consider here in the Western Hemisphere um, the history of, again, our exile here in the Americas. Since, since, since the, the colonists arrived, um, our sense of religion, our sense of God, our sense of, 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 of morals has been given to us by our oppressors. It, um, even though they, they might have held the Bible in one hand and had the sword in the other, that our sense, of, again, of morals, our sense of God, our sense of, of right and wrong, hence the uh, morals, has been given to us by our enemies, has been given to us by our enemies. And the reason I say enemies is because they're the ones who, who have, have forced um, the false image of Christ to be, to, be, to be put in our faces for the past 500 years. Um, the, the white image of Jesus, um, the forcing and bringing of their, their Protestant religions uh, to the Americas, um, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Episcopalian, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, which are all man-made religions. Um, and, and under, under the, 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 the threat and under the, the, the force of, of death, the threat of death, the threat of torture, the threat of kidnapping, um, uh, or, or just selling and, and bringing families apart, uh, we were forced to accept their way of doing things, their laws and their perspectives, and, and henceforth the teaching of, 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 of generations of, uh, of the, the lies that we were forced to, to, to accept as, as truth. Um, from from the, the three here in the, in the Western Hemisphere, uh, two of the biggest uh, uh, holidays 
revolving around supposedly around Christ, uh, being Christmas and Easter. And in the Christmas narrative, uh, you never read about any snow being on the ground uh, at the time of Christ was born. Matter of fact, um, when he was born, it, it never never does it tell you that there was a Christmas tree ever ever, ever set up. There obviously wasn't no Santa Claus set up. Um, uh, the, and, and the whole Christmas season, um, it goes against what the Bible says. It goes against how the Bible says things are done. Um, it never says that the wise men, when they, when they arrived to meet Christ uh, with Mary and Joseph, that they walked into a barn. Uh, they walked and, and that Christ was laying in. It does say a manger, but when you go look at the word manger, that Greek word that's used for manger, it means crib. Uh, and that crib being a baby's crib. All right? that they, they found Christ laying in a crib. All right? Or, or uh, again, a crib or a manger. When you come back and understand the Greek and Hebrew words, how, how it comes down. But our whole perspective of it being a Sunday night, lonely night, um, the Christmas tree being set up with all the lights and tinsels and, and, and gold and, 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 and silver being, being strung around with the Christmas bulbs, that goes totally against the biblical narrative. It goes totally against the biblical narrative. Um, uh, and then the other um, uh, Christian holiday um, is Easter. Uh, we're supposed to be now the, the death of Jesus Christ, represent the death of Jesus Christ uh, and his resurrection uh, from, from the dead after three days. Um, and somehow that's commemorated with a rabbit, uh, a bunny that lays eggs. Um, and even the name Easter, when you go and do your research, the word Easter comes from um, uh, a Middle Eastern, just keep it short and brief, a Middle Eastern goddess named Easter or Astarte, um, who was the goddess of fertility. Hence the bunny rabbit. Um, again, when you put the research together, put the history together, the Easter bunny is the same bunny that Hugh Hefner uses on the cover of Playboy magazine. It's, it's the exact same bunny representing that fertility, representing that, that um, a, a success goddess. All right? And that the eggs is from how much sex the rabbit's having or how much sex the, the goddess Easter or Astarte is having. Um, that's a very pagan um, um, of, of practice that has nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And at no time was the birth of Christ to be commemorated with a Christmas tree and presents and, 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 and decorating of a tree. And neither was his death supposed to be commemorated by, by mentioning of a rabbit that lays colored eggs. None of that is in the biblical narrative, but these are things that have been forced upon us. These are examples of things that have been forced upon us to accept this truth, to accept as, as the proper way to worship and, and, and honor God. Um, even with the, the, the New Year's celebration that, that supposedly just passed, this is not God's New Year. Right? Uh, the, the original calendar that God established that he never changed, um, January 1st, what became known as January 1st, has nothing to do with the New Year. Right? January 1st has nothing to do with the New Year. Um, that if you consider um, the numbering of the months, how the, how the months are numbered, that you look up the word uh, September, and all you have to go look it up. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not that difficult, especially in this, in this age of, of Google and Siri or what have you. Just look up September, and you tell it, September, the S-E-P-T, sept, that means seven. It means seven. 
hence it, that instead of being the ninth month, which is where, where it's been changed, it's actually the seventh month, September. Uh, right, and, and you have a, uh, if a woman was to have seven babies at a time, they would call those babies what? Septuplets. Septuplets. All right. Um, so following September, you have October, and after October, uh, October, we all know what an octagon is or an octopus. An octopus is, is that creature in, in the water, in the oceans. It has eight arms. Uh, uh, the stop sign chain in, in, in America, the U.S. of A., is an eight-sided um, uh, octagon. It's an eight-sided um, figure with eight sides to it, an octagon, eight-sided figure. So October being the eighth month, September, the seventh month, October actually being the eighth month. Then you have, um, and if a, uh, there was a woman who had eight, um, eight babies at one time. I believe she was um, from over there in, uh, in Africa. Uh, I might be wrong, but um, she was called the Octomom because she had eight babies at once. She, gave, she delivered eight babies at one time. And they called her the Octomom because she had eight babies at a time. Then you have so that, that's September being seven, October being eight, and then you have uh, Noeve or no, November or, or, or uh, nine, if you will, being nine. So instead of November being the 11th month, it's actually the, the ninth month. And then December, and many of us might be familiar with a decimeter. Uh, many might be familiar with a decade, all right? That a decimeter, a decade, is, is units of measure. That, that's the number 10. Deci, deci is the number 10. So you have December actually being the 10th month and that actually being the 12th month. And then as it follows now, so if even by the numbers of the, the names of the months and what they originally were before things got changed, that October being uh, September being the 7th, October the 8th, November the 9th, December the 10th, that'll make January the 11th month of the year. Not the, not the beginning of the year, make it the 11th month of the year. That'll make February the 12th month of the year. And that'll bring you into uh, March or the springtime, which would be the first month of the year, the beginning of the year. If you're going to look at uh, a Hebrew calendar, go check out a Hebrew calendar and it lets you know, a Hebrew calendar will let you know that, yes, the new year begins in the springtime. All right? Um, it's called the month of a bib. Uh, in Hebrew, Abib, meaning the, the, the first fruit, the, the spring, the, the first leaf of spring sprouting, um, that that's when the beginning of the year is. That's the new year, the new calendar year. Um, so as, as we've been forced to accept the, the numbering of days, the numbering of months, the numbering of years, um, the religion and, 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 and things that have been so embedded in, within this society that actually go against what the Bible says, that we've not been reading the Bible. Right? We have not been reading the Bible. So here, when we read Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16, it tells us what? Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. That it's, it's now time for us to actually now read the Bible. All right? It says, no one of these shall fail. For as much as we put trust as a people, we put trust in politics. We put a trust in education. That from politics, if we get out and vote, that voting is going to change things. And, you know, even though we're not literally serving chateau slavery, like you might see uh, more recently now in the movie um, uh, Emancipation uh, with, with, uh, that Will Smith just did, or kind of, you know, touching on, on the woman king, um, 
that, no, we're not serving the shackle slavery, but our social economic position as a people is still on the bottom, right? Our social economic position still has us on the bottom of, of the rest of the society um, of, here in the Americas. We're still on the bottom as a people. Now, are there individuals that are moguls? Most definitely. There are your Oprah Winfrey's. There are your, your there's more black millionaires than ever. Um, um, there's a few black billionaires. Um, Oprah Winfrey, um, who's that, Kanye, um, uh, Jay-Z, um, um, uh, Dr. Dre, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, LeBron James. There's some black million, uh, billionaires. There, there, there are. But the majority, of our, the majority of our people are the Israelites. We are not, we're still socially on a socioeconomic bottom, all right? The socioeconomic bottom. When I say black people, I'm not discluding or, or, or segregating myself from the rest of the tribes, so-called Mexicans, so-called Native Americans, so-called um, uh, similar Indians. I'm not, I'm not dissociating ourselves from them at all. We're all together as one. That we as a people are on the socioeconomic bottom of, of the ladder, here in the Americas, just like we were on the social economic bottom of the ladder during shadow, the time of shadow slavery, right, here in the Americas. So we, we, we've been taught and it's been imposed upon us that if we vote, voting is going to change um, uh, our social economic status. That if we vote, we got to vote more people into office. We got to vote more people and get more of our people into voting. But if you go back and look at even the, the whole voting structure of America, by the time blacks were allowed to vote in the Americas, the system had already been perfected. The, de- the, the, the Democratic system uh, with the, the, the Democratic and Republican Party had already been perfected to where now even if blacks, as blacks do get into office, had been given the, the, the opportunity to vote, things still have, the status quo still has not changed. Right? The status quo still has not changed. That so-called blacks, minorities, the 12 tribes are still on the socioeconomic bottom of the Americas. We, we're still here, all right? So as much as we've been taught to put our trust into voting, um, into education, we need to get an education. Uh, we, we, we need to learn how to uh, read and write, uh, arithmetic, and get past the third grade education, get a high school education, uh, get a college education, uh, get master's degrees, and get, and get PhDs, uh, join fraternities, um, and sororities that even with the achieving of these things, we're still on the socioeconomic bottom here in the Americas. We're still at the bottom as a people, not as an individual, but as a people, we're still at the bottom. We're still on the bottom, even with things like voting being put in place, even with education being put in place, even with the the raising up of historically black universities um, and, and, and people getting degrees. We're still, as a people, still on the social economic bottom here in the Americas. We're still, we're still on the bottom, right? So from uh, voting, education, um, just, just be um, a hardworking, tax-paying citizen. I pay my taxes. Again, with all the things that we've been given that's supposed to now help relieve us as a people, individuals have been raised up, and, 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 but, again, how many celebrities can we see will still get stopped and, and racially profiled while driving while black, um, that will still get racially profiled um, and and have have guns pulled on them. How how many celebrities 
will, will try and make a stand of, as far as police violence uh, and police brutality and become totally villainized and ostracized for standing up for, for the brutalities that's happening among, with our people. Just to say, just to say something. Let alone be a Kyrie Irving and 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 admit that there's, how can I be anti-Semitic when I know who I am? And that's all he said. He didn't say to hell with the Jew, Jewish people. He didn't say no with Jewish people, down with Jewish people, kill Jewish people. All he said was, um, how can I be anti-Semitic when I know who I am? But he was ostracized, villainized, demonized. This was making those type of statements. And was they even how sports? That's, that's another venue that, that our people have been given, that through sports you can change the socioeconomic status of an individual family, but not as us as a people. So when we come back now and read Isaiah 34, 16, and it says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. None of the prophecies of the Bible concerning the Israelites as a people as a whole has failed or is going to fail. All right? None, it, when it comes to the prophecies concerning the Israelites, their past, their present, and their future. Now, one thing has failed in identifying who the Israelites are and what their purpose is and why they're going through what they're going through. The Bible won't fail us. It would, it, and when it comes to that, the Bible will never fail us. Religion has, but the Bible hasn't. And it says, and none should want her mate. You cannot make, match the Bible with any other book concerning the prophecies concerning the Hebrew Israelites. There's not another book written. It's impossible. It, there's not a book that can be written that will give the reason, the, the present state, and the future of the Hebrew Israelites, what, what we're going through and why. No, there's no other book that can match this, that can match the prophecies that we find in the Bible. Then it says, for my mouth, it has commanded, because God put this together. God's the only one who can call a shot, if you, if you will, that can say something 3,000 years ago for it to take place today like he just said it, and that nothing can change what comes out of God's mouth. Nothing can stop his prophecies of what he said is going to happen. Nothing can stop that, and nothing has. Because God, and so God commanded for the Bible to be put together, and his spirit has gathered him, that God gathered the, the prophecies of, of his prophecies and compiled them in this book that we have called the Bible. Right? He compiled it over, over, over centuries. Right, from, from, from Moses all the way through uh, Malachi, through, through Paul, uh, through John. That, and God compiled and put all this book together for us to learn from, for us to, uh, to, uh, to, to have the bread comes back to reality. The bread comes back to the truth. The bread comes back to how he thinks and puts things together as opposed to what our enemies or colonizers have forced upon us, Okay. So it's important that we read. It's very important that we read the Bible, all right? From now, I'm going to go ahead and jump down to 2 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3 now, verse 15. Second Timothy now, chapter 3, verse 15, now in the New Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. We were just in Isaiah 34, 16. Now we're going to jump to, uh, to um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And it says, and that from a child, Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. I love this scripture 
and I, I keep trying to really bring it back in, in, in my classes um, and in my talks that one, we know that, that this was a letter to Timothy from Paul, all right? The book of Second Timothy was the second letter that Paul had wrote to the, um, his student, Timothy, all right? We, the, 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 the absolute of, of this, it was a letter that became a part of the Bible, but it was the actual letter. For, there was two letters that Paul wrote to Timothy, First Timothy and Second Timothy. So here, in the second letter to Timothy, Paul is, is reminding Timothy that, is, that from a child, Timothy has known the Holy Scriptures, that, yes, Timothy's parents made sure his education from, if you will, preschool on up, that he was very heavily educated in the Bible, or the Scriptures. Remember, the Bible wasn't put together until, until Tyndale put together, or the bishops. <clears throat> but the actual Scriptures, that as a Hebrew Israelite, Timothy's parents made sure that his education was heavily steeped in the scriptures, right? The scriptures at that time being what we know as the Old Testament today. What we call the Old Testament is what they're calling scriptures here in this letter, in this letter from, from Paul to Timothy. That, and so Paul is reminding Timothy that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, for us, we can really uh, appreciate this, appreciate what's being said, um, and that we know that in dealing with Christ, the truth about Christ, the truth about our nationality, Christ said we must all be born again, that we have to be born again. And that's the whole class. I'm not going to go back into it or whatever, but we have to be born again in, in, in our knowledge, all right? Um, that was what St. John, the third chapter, was all about. By the time we get to St. John, 316, where Christ first mentions um, uh, to Nicodemus, you got to be born again, right? You got to come back and now relearn is all he's trying to say. And being born again, we have to relearn and start over. That's what Christ said. Unless we become as little children, we shall no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. We have to be willing to be, willing to be taught. We have to be willing to be taught now the right way of doing things, the biblical way of doing things, not the religious way of doing things, but the biblical way of doing things. Not the street way of doing things, but the biblical way of doing things. So now here in 2 Timothy 3.15, it says, And that from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So now as we're coming back and being reborn now into our, the truth of our nationality, we're being reborn now into the truth of, of our identity, being re- reborn now to the truth of who Jesus Christ actually is, that now being reborn, it's important that we do what? That we know the Holy Scriptures. Was now here in the year 2023 involves the whole Bible, not just for what Timothy dealt with, just knowing the Old Testament, but now here in the year 2023 that we know of the Holy Scriptures, the, the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Apocrypha, and it tells you why. Going on, Paul's explaining to Timothy, which was really for us, but Paul's explaining to Timothy what that the Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation, and considering what Paul is saying here to Timothy. If you don't know the Old Testament, you're not going to have the you're not going to have the wisdom of salvation. You're not going to, and remember wisdom or being wise about salvation. You're not going to know what choices or right decisions to make when it comes to God's salvation or understanding biblical salvation. If you don't know the Old Testament, forget about it. Your understanding of salvation is going to be thwarted. Your understanding of, of what it means to be saved is going to be 
um, bamboozled, led astray. It's, it's not going to be pro- it's not going to be proper. It's not going to be right. All right. It's important that we understand the holy scriptures, the Old Testament, if we want to understand what salvation is. It says, um, and then from knowing the holy scriptures, which are able to make us wise to salvation, that now we that now we have faith in Jesus Christ. That now we have faith in who Jesus Christ really is, what his purpose is, and 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 what his mission is, mission and purpose really is. But if you don't know the Old Testament and all you're going from is the New Testament and what we've been taught for the past 500 years, you're not going to understand salvation. You understand you know, salvation is not going to match God's idea of, uh, and pronounce, of what he pronounces to be salvation and what salvation is. We got to know the Old Testament. We've got to know the Old Testament. So with that, Brothers and sisters, please join me um, in Nehemiah. All right, going back now to the Old Testament. Going back now to the Old Testament, to Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 27. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 27. The book of Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 27. All right, Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 27. Uh, just again, jump, trying to jump straight to the point without trying to lose everybody, but one, move on with the class also. So going to Nehemiah chapter nine verse twenty-seven, it says, "Therefore, thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies." When you go back and, and search out the history of the Israelites, we've been in captivity many times for our disobedience, for our disobedience and and non-compliance with God's with God's laws, statutes, commandments. In our bringing the covenant, and the Israelites bringing the covenant that was established and God at Mount Sinai, that we would obey God, his law, such commandments, and he would be our God, and we would be his people, that we would have no other gods before him, that we would not take the name of the Lord our God in vain, that we should not make unto us any graven images, uh, nor serve them, um, that we should um, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy that we should honor our father and our mother, that we should not steal, we should not kill, we should not um, uh, uh, steal, kill, um, bear false witness. We should not uh, uh, commit adultery. Uh, we should not covet anything that is our neighbors. That In that covenant that was established with the Israelites at Mount Sinai, and we continue a covenant, perpetual covenant, a perpetual covenant that would go on throughout our generations, that upon breaking that covenant, we were brought into captivity many, many, many times. Um, not just from the, the, the Egyptian uh, captivity where Moses freed us, but we were led in, into captivity many times. And again, I, I hope we're understanding this. So in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 27, it says, again, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 27, Therefore, thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies, who vexed them, and in the time of their trouble, when they, when they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven. And according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors, who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. I want to bring attention to this, to this verse here, that... For as many times as we were delivered to the hand of our enemies because of our sins, 
because of, of, of how many times we provoke God to anger with worshiping of other idols and other gods, uh, not upholding God's morals, laws, statutes, commandments, not, not keeping God's judgments as our own judgments, um, and wanting to be like the, like the nations around us, that we were delivered into captivity many times. But it tells you that we would come together that, um, and in the land of our enemies, and we would pray to the Lord our God together as one, and we would confess our sins and repent. We would confess what things we had done wrong against God. We would confess where we and our, fa- our fathers and whoever it is we looked up to had gone astray and, 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 and gotten off the path. And we would pray to our God for forgiveness all together as one while we're in our captivity. And it says that the Lord would, that he would hear us and, uh, and according to his manifold mercies, thou gave us them, talking about the nation of Israel, not just the individual, but the nation of Israel gave them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. I just want to get this here, and this is why, why we're doing the, the, the series right now. We want to get a, a, a look at some of these saviors and, and, and the different times that the Israelites were in captivity in the Old Testament. If we want to have some wisdom or get some understanding about what and who, if we want to have real faith in Jesus Christ and understanding who Jesus Christ is and what he's going to be doing to really understand something and what choices and what decisions we as a people need to start making. It's not a decision for us now to go out and vote. It's not a decision now for us to go out and now um, make sure we got, get an education or, or we take our um, uh, uh, small business loan applications or, or entrepreneurship and that that's going to save us from, from the vexation and from the afflictions that we're currently under being in the hand of our enemies. No, now we can start making the right decisions and understanding who we are understanding what God requires of us, that now God will come back now and save the nation of Israel like he's done many times in the past, right? Like he's done many times in the past and send the last savior, Jesus Christ, right? Who's going to do what? Um, Let me pull that up real quick. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. And again, not getting away from Jesus Christ being the Savior, but what's his purpose and job going to be? When we go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, uh, and this is the angel uh, speaking to Joseph about his pregnant, woman, his pregnant wife, um, Mary. And this is what the angel said to, uh, to him. It says, and she shall bring forth a son. Mary's going to have a son. And I'm in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, an understanding is that Jesus, um, he's going to say, um, shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Yeah, that's what the name Jesus means. The word Jesus means Savior. And I'm going to put together this class, also when I finish the series, on a lot of people... Because you don't see the name, because you physically don't see the name Jesus anywhere in the Bible, you think that the name Jesus is is, uh, but that that just pronouncing the name Jesus 
that like you're invoking uh, some type of spiritual power or uh, you're invoking some type of spiritual protection just because you're saying the name Jesus. But when you go back and, and check out the Hebrew, check out the Hebrew language, you find out that Jesus, Joshua, um, Hosea, Oshea, Oshea, uh, uh, Jehoshua, Johash, um, in the Old Testament, those are all the same name. They're all pronounced the same way in Hebrew, right? It's all Yahweh Shai. Going back to the the ancient Paleo-Hebrew pronunciation of Hebrew, that all those names are the same in Hebrew. So Jesus is not the first time the name Jesus was ever used among the Hebrew Israelites. And that might be a little confusing for a lot of people, but when you go and do language studies, you can see that the name Jesus and the name Joshua in Hebrew are the exact same name. They're written and pronounced the exact same way. When the writers of, 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 uh, of the Bible came into and, and dealing with English, uh, they came back to separate or differentiate between all the different people throughout the Bible that had the name Jesus or had the name Savior to differentiate between the Jesus that, that was from Nazareth, the Jesus that was the son of, of Joseph and Mary, they gave his name Jesus. And then all the others got the name either Joshua, Jehoash, Oshea, um, Hosea, um, that that was just to differentiate which savior we're talking about. No different than in the Spanish language today. You have a lot of people that are named uh, Jesus, but they're not Jesucristo. All right? Um, and, if, and if we say the name Jesus in, that's in Spanish. If we say the name Jesus in uh, French or in Creole, it's Jesse. Right? Um, Jesse James, if you will. Uh, Jesse Smollett. Um, that that would be the name Jesus, but that would be in either French or Creole. And how many Jesse's are there in the world? By the millions. All right? So I'm just giving this an example that depending on what languages you might speak, there's many people that share that same name. And in Hebrew, it was no different. Many people had that name, Jesus or Joshua. Many people did. Yahweh and everybody wanted their child to be the savior. Everybody wanted their child to be esteemed and have a great name, um, a, a, great, a, 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 a great idea. Okay, and I know that's, that might sound a little bit confusing. I hope I hope not. I hope not losing everybody. But the name Jesus, and I, the reason I'm saying this because I know a lot of people because of, of the religious education or religious background that you have, you're thinking that Jesus is the only time that this name was ever used that there was ever, never anybody else ever named um, Jesus slash Joshua slash Hosea. But, no, when you, again, when you look at that word in the Hebrew, they're all the same word. It's all the same name. So it's not just because you say the name Jesus, or it's not just because you say the name Yahweh Shai, that, that you're going to invoke some type of spiritual power. If you want to invoke some type of spiritual, um, uh, uh, or give you a special link to, to, to God or Jesus Christ, just because you say the, the actual, you say that name, 
and, and doing things in the name of Jesus is you're doing things the same way Christ did things, right? You're doing things the same way that Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, you're doing things the way he did things. That's doing things in his name. No different than, again, like, like those who might have played football or been in any type of sports. Um, like more recently uh, in the NFL, yeah, the, the player that, 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 that was hurt, um, uh, DeMar uh, Hill, I believe it is, uh, played for the, the, the Buffalo Bills um, who, who collapsed on the field and had to have CPR done on him uh, most recently, I think last week as a matter of fact, that as the game resumed, the players on the field, they played in honor of DeMar Hill. So I'm not sure. I didn't see the game. I'm not sure they, they, they wore a, a, a black, a black uh, uh, ribbon on their uh, – around their sleeve of the arm. They had, like, his, the, his, uh, the number of his uh, jersey on a small sticker on the back of their helmet or, or on their chest somewhere uh, that they were going to play the, the, the following game or preceding games in his honor or in his name um, in his spirit. Imitating him and that he gives this all You know they're doing so they're going to play The game like he would play the game For us Biblically now when we say In the name of Jesus Meaning I'm doing things the same way Jesus would do things If we're praying over our food And we say in the name of Jesus That means that we're eating the same similar foods That Jesus would eat all right? If we're asking God to bless our food um, And we're saying in Jesus name We pray amen to bless the food and in Jesus' name, we're saying we're eating the same type of foods that Jesus, Jesus ate. Jesus, Jesus did not eat any unclean food. When I say unclean, I talk about that because his hands was not washed. I talk about the unclean food as far as the, the, the diet given to us in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. That Christ didn't eat no catfish. He didn't eat any shrimp, crab, or lobster. He didn't eat any, um, uh, uh, any dolphin. He didn't eat any octopus when it came, if it was any seafood. Um, he didn't eat any, any uh, uh, pork or, or rabbit or um, camel or, 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 or horse or mule or anything. He didn't eat those type of things. Right? He didn't eat those type of things. That if we're going to do things in his name, I mean, we're going to follow things and do things the way he did things. But I'm going to make a whole class about that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a whole class about that, and we'll, we'll get into that. But it says that Christ, that here in Nehemiah 9.27, that we were given many saviors throughout our, our captivities, um, and that the saviors would deliver us from the hand of our enemies. So the one that we're on now, the, the deliverer or the savior that we're on now, is a man by the name of Ehud. All right, so you can please join me now in going to the book of Judges. Chapter 3. All right, we're going to go to the book of Judges, uh, chapter 3. Uh, last week we, we, we did, and uh, forgive me, I'm, I'm also, this is the recap. Let me, let me include this also. Um, if you're keeping up with, with our blog, our podcast, last Thursday, yes, last Thursday, Last Wednesday night, I took some medication. Um, uh, I'm battling diabetes uh, at this current time, and I was I was having some 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 diabetic neuropathy pain in in my feet, and 
it was preventing me from getting any sleep. Now, anybody who's dealt with the, the uh, diabetic neuropathy, um, when it gets to the uh, extremities like that, especially in, in the feet, uh, it's, it's like stepping on pins and needles, and it flares up. Um, it, it, that's that's why I can describe it. It flares up. Sometimes it's like it's a burning pain. Sometimes it feels it's, it's, it's like needles. It feels like um, somebody's seen you in the same spot, like they had a cactus um, where all the prickly um, thorns on a cactus and was seeing you the same, a hot cactus, as a matter of fact, and was seeing you in the same spot relentlessly. They shit it. They let it. For 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 they hit hit you there, then you you feel the first jolt, um, it kind of subsides, and then again out of nowhere, boom, it hits again, and it's just a constant um, uh, throbbing that comes in that way, and it's very very painful. So I took some some medication um, to deal with it uh, the night the previous night before, uh, thinking it was going to kick in, but it actually didn't kick in. So not only did I have insomnia for that night and dealing and, and dealing with the the, the diabetic um, neuropathy pain, the medication didn't kick in until <laughs> I started the show last Thursday, and it kicked in hard. It kicked in hard to where I could not focus, I could not concentrate, I couldn't keep my eyes open. So for apologies for last week's class. So this is kind of a recap from last week's class coming into this week's. All right, so my apologies for that. For those who try and keep up, I know that it, last week was very confusing. You know, last Thursday night was very confusing. I should I should open up with that and apologize for that in, in the beginning. But we're going over Ehud now, Ehud. Um, in Judges chapter 3 and verse 12, we're going to the book of Judges, the third chapter, the 12th verse. And this is what it reads, Judges chapter 3, verse 12. And it says, and the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened uh, Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord and had gathered, on, and had gathered unto him the children of Ammon and Amalek and went and smote Israel and possessed the city of palm trees. The city of palm trees is Jericho. All right? that, that, was in, that was in the, um, uh, the country of Benjamin. Right. The city of Jericho happened to be given into the country of Benjamin. Now, because, of again, of our, of our sins, of, our, of the children of Israel doing evil in the sight of the Lord, the Lord raised up Eglon, king of Moab. And Moab, um, if you didn't catch it last week, Moab, the Moabites, these are, it, were the children of Lot. Uh, actually, Moab and Ammon. Uh, these were the children of Lot. If you remember during the time of Sodom and Gomorrah, when the Lord destroyed those cities with, with fire and brimstone, that um, because of the prayer of, of Abraham, when the Lord told him he was going to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, that Abraham prayed that if there's, if there's from, from, it went from 100 down to 10 righteous men, well, when he spread the cities for 10 righteous men, knowing that Abraham was actually praying for his nephew and his nephew's family that were in Sodom and Gomorrah being Lot, and Lot's wife and Lot's children, Lot's children. Um, the angels got to Sodom and Gomorrah, um, to Sodom, and were trying to be accosted by the men of the city that wanted to have sex with these angels. And because remember, angels come in the appearance of men. Um, 
which pretty much sealed the, the fate of Sodom and Gomorrah and the wickedness and the, and the debauchery that was going on uh, within those, those, those cities. Subsequently, um, to save Lot and his family, it was Lot, his wife, and two, two of his daughters. The rest of Lot's daughters that had been married decided to stay in, in the city. They didn't want salvation. They didn't want to be saved from their destruction. So Lot, his wife, and two daughters were saved um, and carried away, carried out of and to safety from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. But in, in so doing, it was, it was told to them, don't look back. Right? At this destruction, do not look back. When we come back and we read the, the historian Josephus, the um, uh, Lot's wife, she did repeatedly kept looking back. Um, and, and that the destruction was terrible. It was five cities destroyed. I can imagine it would be like um, nuclear bombs going off um, and destroying these cities. That the, the, It must have been a, a, a very amazing, terrific um, um, almost without words, spite to see that destruction had took place and to realize that for, for whatever t- amount of time they had dwelt in, in Sodom and in that area, that now everything had been destroyed. Uh, fr- uh, friends, their daughters, uh, the, the family that, was, that, that was, had stayed back and not believing Lot, that it was time to go and get out of there, they were, they were vaporized. They were destroyed. Um, the, whatever brother-in-law's, uh, not even brother in law, that'd be my word. Son in laws. Uh might have been in in, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Whatever uh, grandchildren might have been uh there in Sodom and Gomorrah, they now they were vaporized. And Lot's wife continued to keep looking back at the destruction until subsequently it was that it, it, it was it just came to the point where okay, cool. You were warned not to look back. And she turns her pillar of salt. She's disintegrated. Uh, she turns her pillar of salt. She disintegrated. <sighs> Upon that, and for how how complete the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah was, and how horrifying and, and, and destructive that that had to have been to have witnessed and actually seen and heard that destruction. Um, surviving daughters that were now with him. They were, uh, were under the impression that there was nobody left on the planet Earth, that these were the, they, they were the last three people on the planet Earth. That's how total and complete this destruction was. That, that once their father died, um, they, they were under the impression that they had to repopulate the whole Earth. That's, that's what the, the, the thing of his daughters was. So they got their father drunk on one night, and... Uh, without him knowing it, the eldest daughter went in and had sex with her, with her father, and she got pregnant. Um, and that child became, um, his name was Moab, and became the father of a nation called Moabites, which now would be Hebrews. They were Hebrews, okay? But they were Hebrew Moabites. Then the following uh, night, the younger daughter, um, again, got the father drunk, without him knowing what was going on, when had sex with him, she got impregnated and had a baby also. And that baby's name was uh, Ammon. Well, actually, it was called Ben-Ami. And he became the father of the nation of people called Ammonites, who were also Hebrews, meaning that they came out of Lot. Um, uh, Lot being the nephew of Abraham, Abraham being a Hebrew. 
So you have the Hebrew Moabites along with the Hebrew Ammonites. And even though they had the same father, the, the Moabites and the Ammonites, had the same father in Lot, they became two different nations. Right? They became two different nations. They were Hebrews, okay, being two different nations. They had rose up. The Lord had rose them up to come against the Israelites and put the Israelites in captivity along with the children of Amalek, all right, along with Amalek. And, again, I'm just reading um, on Judges chapter 3, verse 12, and giving a recap and some understanding um, and some backstory, if you will, behind Judges chapter 3, verse 12. It says, and the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel. So the Lord rose up the Moabites to come against Israel. Eglon, king of Moab, to come against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And he gathered unto him the children of Ammon and Amalek. So it was the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the children of Amalek. Uh, and Amalek, um, we, we go back to the history, Amalek was actually a son of Esau. Esau was the brother of Jacob, all right, that Isaac had two sons. Well, Abraham had, had, had many sons, but one of Abraham's sons was named Isaac. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob became the father of the nation of Israel, the Israelites, the 12 tribes of Israel. Esau became the father of the nation of Edom, the Edomites. And one of the tribes of Edom was Amalek or of Esau, having to be Amalek, right? And again, all these, these three different um, entities, um, cultures, were three separate nations, but they all, their, their original language was Hebrew. And that's what it means to be called a Hebrew Israelite. When we call ourselves Hebrew Israelites, we're saying that Hebrew is our language, but Israel is our nationality. Well, there are other nations that can say that Hebrew is also their, lang- their first language, their native language. You have the Hebrew uh, as well as the Hebrew Israelites, you also have the Hebrew Edomites, Caucasians, are Hebrews, but they're not Hebrew Israelites. They are Hebrew Edomites. Then you have the Hebrew Ishmaelites, uh, your Arab, Arab nation, the Arab people, that their first language, come, especially coming out of, uh, out of uh, Abraham, that their first language was Hebrew, uh, even though, uh, and it got changed to you know Arabic, but they are Hebrew Ishmaelites. Right? Then you have the Hebrew um, uh, Ammonites, um, Moabites and Ammonites coming out of Lot. All right, they were they, those were Hebrew peoples. Then you also have the Midianites and and the eight sons, the six sons that that Abraham had with uh, Keturah after Sarah died. That those families also spoke Hebrew. Also, they would be considered Hebrews, but they were not Hebrew Israelites. Okay, they were not Hebrew Israelites. So because of Israel's sins and doing evil on the side of the Lord. Here the Lord is going to raise up three different nations to, to enslave and to vex the children of Israel for our sins. Here in Judges chapter 3 and verse 12. I'm reading it one more time, okay? Judges chapter 3 verse 12. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse 13. And he gathered unto him the children of Ammon, and Amalek, or um, uh, uh, yeah, Amalek, Amalekites, uh, Amalek, and went and and smote Israel, and possessed the city of palm trees. All right. So 
rose, was mad at us and had these three nations now come and enslaved the Israelites and took Jericho, which was the capital of the, of the country of Benjamin at the time, okay? Uh, verse 14. So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. So we were now in, in, in this captivity for 18 years. But mind you, uh, you know, there's so much background, backstory to, to, to everything. Mind you, at this particular time, we still knew we were Israelites. During this captivity, this 18-year captivity, we had never lost touch with our identity. We never lost touch with our, our nationality. We still knew, and the world still knew, that we were and are the Israelites. We were still speaking our language of Hebrew. Not English and Spanish and French and Patois and Creole and, and uh, Southern slang or gutter or gully or what have you. No, we all were speaking Hebrew at this time. And we knew we were the Israelites. And we, we made the service captivity now for 18 years. Right? Unlike here in the Americas and the time we're in now where we had our identity stripped from us so that now we can never pray to the Lord, our God, to, and confess our sins to him as a nation, and that God will send a savior to our nation like he's done in the past. Okay? I got to throw it out there right now. So now, again, Judges chapter 3, verse 14. So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. Judges chapter 3, verse 15. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer. I hope everybody's seeing this now. The Judges chapter 3, verse 15. I got to reiterate these, these, these passages. Things written, written the fourth time, written for our learning. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Gerar, uh, uh, Girah, a Benjamite, a man left-handed. And by him, the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. Brothers and sisters, do you see the importance? Uh, you can see, hopefully you can see, or I, I can be able to wait this to you. I can pass this along to y'all. How important it is for the children of Israel to come together as one. And for us to pray to the Lord, our God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, as one. And confessing our sins and that now God will send a deliverer like he did in the past. Well, you can see how important it was and how Psalms, the 83rd chapter, comes into play in that the nations doing everything they can, particularly in this captivity here that we're serving here in the Americas, for us to stay divided. For us to stay divided under thinking that we're Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and Mexicans, and they're being divided by language when it comes to that. Some of us speaking English, some speaking the, the, the Queen's English, some speaking uh, Patois or Creole, some speaking uh, Portuguese, and the different dialects of Spanish. Again, all in an effort to keep us divided so that we will not come together and pray to the Lord our God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. It was important for our enemies upon our, our, our servitude here and their arrival here in the Americas that we, that we all were serving different gods. For some of us to be, be Catholics, some of us to be Baptists, 
Some of us to be Methodist. Some of us to be Episcopalian. Some of us to be Seventh-day Adventist. Some of us to be Mormons. Some of us to be um, um, uh, uh, non-denominational. That to have all these different types of divisions, it was important so that we, when I come together as Israelites, pray to the Lord our God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and confessing our sins as a nation and for our God to send a deliverer and for our God to send a savior like he did in the past. So it's important that we, that we stay divided. And for anybody who might have read the William Lynch speech, the importance of making sure that we were divided from if we lived in a, on a hill or we lived in a valley, if we lived on the east coast or the west coast, if we lived in the north, south, east, or west, F them, F them people on the, on the north side, F those people on the south side, um, that we, we divided every possible way we can be. From skin color, skin skin tone, from hair texture, to 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 uh, to accent, we might still always speak in English, but we gotta still be divided somehow, some way. For even brothers and sisters that have went and got a college education, that in getting that college education, that you became a Greek, that you joined a fraternity or a sorority, and that there would be a division and there would be a rivalry even amongst the, the fraternities and the sororities, even in, on a collegiate level even on an academic level, that any and every device that can be used to keep us separated and keep us divided so that we do not come together as the Hebrew Israelites and pray to the, our, the Lord our God. And let me get his name real quick uh, while we're here. Uh, let's go real quick to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15. The book of Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15. I mean, I'm going real quick, holding judges. Let's go now to Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. I just want to, want to spotlight verse 15. I just want to spotlight verse 15. It says, And God said unto, uh, moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This, this is my name, Forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Now, right now, there, there, there's a, there, there's division, contention among Israelites as far as the name of God. Is it, is it um, Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahweh, Jehovah, Yahuwah, um, Isaiah, um, uh, Ahia? Um, and that's trying to get the name of God to have to I guess get some type of exclusive rights that I, 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 to try and just in uh, um, searching for for validation I, I guess that's where I, I can say it uh, no different than somebody trying to say uh, we are Jehovah Witnesses or, or, or no, his name is Yahweh or, or, or what have you. But in getting away from that and I'm concentrating on verse 15, what is it that should be, what is more important that we remember? That the name of God is that he is the God of who? The God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. 
and that that is his name forever. That regardless of what language we speak, Hebrew, Greek, Latin, um, uh, French, Creole, uh, Spanish, Portuguese, uh, uh, Polish, Russian, uh, Czechoslovakian, um, uh, Guamanian, regardless of whatever language we might be speaking, the name of God forever is going to be that he is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob forever. That is never going to change. No matter what language or dialect we're speaking, his name forever. He'll be always be known as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Not the Korean, uh, the, the Korean baby Jesus, not the, uh, um, um, uh, the Polish baby Jesus, not the uh, uh, whatever other titles you want to come up with. The one thing he will, that we, he will always be known for is that he is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. That will never change. We just, whatever language, no matter what language that we are speaking or that we comprehend or understand in, his name forever is that he is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob forever. Right? I was, uh, you know, I, I stress that. I, I know I come with a lot of passion with that. Um, that, 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 that is, that's to be honored. Right, so and I've gone over the series about taking the the, the uh, God's name in vain, the Lord's name in vain. Just because we might say a cuss word, a curse word, and people say, um, you might say goddamn, and people are like, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all tripping. That that. Saying God, one, that's not his name. That's not his name. All right? To say God damn. But, but all you're saying with the word God damn is that God cursed this. God cursed this. That's what it means to be damned. When you damn something, you curse it. That's all it means. But but the weight that's been put upon us, not to take the name of the Lord God in vain, and for it only be, to be focused on saying things like God damn. That that's and and, but yet we 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 go and we do things in the name of the God of the Catholics. We'll go and do things in the God in the name of the God of the Baptists. We'll go and we we'll do things in, in the name of the God of of the Seventh Day Adventists. When 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 a, a drug dealer, a pimp, who turns to an entertainer, accepts his his, his Grammy award. Um, and he would like to thank God. He's thinking of God of the Grammys. He's not thinking, he's not thanking the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob for, for this award because God, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob doesn't deal with idols. He's doing that in the name of that other God. And again, there's just more ways for us to stay divided. It's just more ways that when we say God, it's just another way of uh, us divided Instead of saying the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. All right, I just want to again, kind of throw that out there. So now coming back to Judges chapter 3, verse 14. Coming back now to Judges chapter 3, verse 14, it says, So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. Verse 15. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, 
The Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud, the son of uh, Gerah, a Benjamite, a man left-handed. And by him, the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. Verse 16, Judges chapter 3, verse 16. But Ehud made him a dagger which had two edges of a cubit length. And he did gird it under his garment, under his raiment, upon his right, left, his right thigh. And he brought the, the present unto Eglon, king of Moab. And Eglon was a very fat man. And when he had made an end of, to offer the present, he sent away the people that bear the present. But he himself turned again from the, the, uh, the quarries that were uh, by Gilgal and said, I have a secret errand unto thee, O king, who said, keep silence. And all that stood by him went out from him. So it was arranged by, by the, the, um, that, that Ehud was going to now visit Eglon, king of Moab, at Jericho. And remember, this is after 18-year um, uh, captivity, an 18-year oppression. And Eglon had been, if you will, an ambassador uh, uh, of the Israelites to King Eglon. They developed a, a rapport, all right? Um, and, and being under tribute to the Moabites, we had to pay taxes, all right? We had to pay taxes. Whatever, whatever they, they taxes. They, they, they waged against us. We had to pay taxes to the Moabites, right? And the Ammonites and, and Amalek. But it was uh, headed by King Eglon of Moab, who, who was now living at the, the in, in Jericho. So Ehud came to, to Eglon and was like, I have a present to give you. And it's kind of so I'm going to keep it on the, on the low. Eglon believed he could trust. Ehud, after seeing him many times and the report that he had built, got everybody out of the, the palace room, out, 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 out of um, this conference room that they were in. So it was just now Ehud and Eglon by themselves. Right? So now we're in Judges chapter 3, verse 20. Judges chapter 3, verse 20. And Ehud came unto him, and he was sitting in a, in a summer parlor, when he had, uh, which he had for himself alone. And Ehud said, I have, I have a message from God unto thee. And he arose out of his seat. Judges chapter 3, verse 21. And Ehud put forth his left hand and took the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. And the, the haft also went in after the blade. And the fat closed upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly. And the dirt came out. The dirt being, you understand, the, um, the intestines, right, the boo Now, I can only imagine a cubic is about 18 inches, roughly 18 inches. Think about a Rambo blade, a Rambo knife. And he buried that knife inside this king of Moab to where it went up inside this dude's insides. 
and got stuck to where he couldn't pull it out. How fat was this dude? I got pictures of, of like, uh, you see how fat Buddha is? That this must have been a, a sumo wrestler. That, that, that type of size, that type of build. Being that this is the, the Moabites, and then the Moabites are, are the so-called um, Chinese, this dude was huge. King Eglon was huge. Reading on now, Judges chapter 3, verse 23. Then Ehud went forth uh, through the porch and shut the doors of the parlor upon him and locked them. Verse 24. When he was gone out, his servants, his servants came, and when they saw that, behold, the doors of the parlor were locked, it said, surely uh, he covered his feet in his summer, in the summer chamber. The servants of, of Eglon died. Oh, he must be taking his nap. He must be, you know, he must be taking a nap. Verse, 20, uh, verse 25. And it, they tarried till they were ashamed. And behold, he opened up, the, uh, opened up the doors of the parlor. Therefore, they took a key and opened them. And behold, their Lord was fallen down, dead. On the earth, verse 26, and Ehud escaped while they tarried and passed beyond the, the quarries and escaped into um, uh, Sirath. And it came to pass when he was come that they blew a trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel went down with him from the mount and before, and before them, verse 28. And he said unto them, follow after me. For the Lord has delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. And they went down after him and took the fords of Jordan toward Moab and suffered not a man to pass over. And they slew Moab at that time about 10,000 men, all lusty and all men of valor. And they escaped, and there escaped not a man. Verse 30. So Moab was subdued that day. Under the hand of the hand of Israel, and the land had rest four score years. So here we again we're getting another example. Last week we read about Othniel, all right. This week we read here about Ehud and 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 the the captivity that now the Israelites were under under the Moabites, um, along with the help of the Ammonites and, and Amalek, that we were under an eighteen year captivity, and then as we came together, came to our senses. Confessed our sins as a nation to the Lord our God. The Lord our God raised up Ehud to deliver us from the captivity of the Moabites. Whereas Asenel, before him, the judge before him, delivered us from the king of the Assyrians, the king of Mesopotamia. If y'all, if, uh, if y'all remember how we were going over this last week. Now, let me catch up here. Let me show where I'm at. Um, now, please join me um, if you have your Josephus. Um, if not, you can, you can definitely look one up online. Uh, going to the Josephus, to Antiquities of the Jews, uh, Book 5, Chapter 4. Uh, we're going to Antiquities of the Jews, Book 5, Chapter 4, in the Josephus. All right, and we're going to do some reading here. Uh, how much time do I have left? It was seven minutes. All right. Antiquities of the Jews, Book 5, Chapter 4. It says, how our people served the Moabites 18 years and were then delivered from slavery by one Ehud who retained the dominion 80 years, right? So, Antiquities of the Jews, Book 5, Chapter 4, I'm starting at number 1, all right, paragraph number 1. 
It says, when Athena was dead, the affairs of the Israelites fell again into disorder, and while they neither uh, neither paid to God the honor due to him, nor were obedient to, to the laws, their afflictions increased, till Eglon, the king of the Moabites, did so greatly despise them on account of their of the disorders of their political government, that he made war upon them and overcame them in several battles and made the most courageous to submit and entirely subdued their army and ordered them to pay him tribute. So Josephus being um, um, a, a, a Levite during the time of uh, the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD became a historian and writing down the history of the Israelites um, in Greek for uh, uh, Vespasian and his son Titus, who wanted to know more about the Israelites. So he, he wrote off this extensive um, history of the Jews. That's what's the antiquities of the Jews. So he's telling us now that when Othniel, who was uh, the first judge after Joshua was dead, that the Israelites, we fell again into this order, and, and that we neither paid to God the honor due to him, nor were obedient to the laws that our, our afflictions increased as God kept trying to, God just didn't, didn't just right away immediately throw us in captivity, that he increased our afflictions to try and get us to, to, to change our ways, and we refused. So he had to go ahead and now raise up Eglon, king of the, Moab, of the Moabites, who despised us at the time, who in several, in several uh, battles, overcame us, and was now starting to make us pay tribute. Uh, reading on. I'm still in uh, paragraph 1. Antiquities of, the, Antiquities of the Jews, Book 5, Chapter 4, Paragraph 1. And it says, uh, And when he had built him a royal palace at Jericho, he omitted, uh, to, he omitted to, to method uh, whereby he might, he might distress them. So, so Eglon was looking for, for methods to distress us. Um, and indeed, he reduced them to poverty for 18 years. So we we weren't enjoying any of the riches and and and, and wealth and 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 pleasures and privileges that that were supposed to be given that were supposed to be ours. No, we were tripping. We had to be punished. It says, but when God reading on, but when God had once taken pity of the Israelites on account of their afflictions, and was moved to compassion by their supplications put up to him. See, I, I want to stress this again. We were in affliction. We were being subjected to, to, to the, the afflictions, the vexation, the, the captivity, the payments, the, the, the oppression uh, at this time of the Moabites. But we did what as a nation? We came together and we prayed to the Lord, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he heard us. All right, moving on. Uh, reading on, and he says, um, he fed them, he freed them from the hard bondage uh, they had met with under the Moabites. This liberty he procured for them in the following manner. So now I'm going into the Antiquities of the Jews, book 5, chapter 4, and paragraph number 2. It says, there was a young man of the tribe of Benjamin, whose name was Ehud, the son of uh, Jerah a man of very great courage in bold undertakings and of a very strong body fit for hard labor, uh, but best skilled in using his left hand in which was his whole strength. 
and he also dwelt at Jericho. Now, this man became familiar with Eglon, and that by means of presence uh, with which he obtained his favor and instructed himself, uh, insinuated himself into his good opinion, uh, meaning Ehud insinuated himself. He, 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 he got on, on Eglon's good side, all right? the, the Lord working everything. Um, um, Ehud got on Eglon's good side because all the tribute and all the money he kept bringing, the presents he kept bringing him. All right? um, whereby he was also beloved of those that were about the king, meaning the king's servants, the king's, uh, king's guard. They, they, they came to, to be familiar, and, and, and uh, Ehud had a very good relationship with them also. Now, when on a time he was bringing presents unto the king, and was had two servants with him. He put a dagger on his right thigh secretly, and went in unto him. So I went to the king Eglon, and it was then summer. It was in summer there, and he, and the middle of the day, when the guards were not strictly on their watch, both because of the heat and because they were gone to dinner. So the young man, when he had offered his presence to the king, who then resided in a small who then resided in a small parlor that stood conveniently to avoid the heat, fell into discourse with him, for they were now alone. The king having uh, bid his servants that attended him to go their ways, because he had a mind to talk with Ehud. He was now sitting on, on his throne, and fear seized upon Ehud, lest he should miss his stroke and not give him a deadly wound. So he raised himself up and, and said he had a dream to impart to him by the command of God, upon which the king leaped out of his, his throne for joy of the dream. So he, he let, he let oh, God wants me to tell you this dream. I got to tell you this dream. God gave me this message. He wants me to tell you this dream. So, so Eglon was like, oh, man, uh, let me get closer. I got to hear this, that, that this will be some good news. <laughs> um, so Ehud smote him um, to the heart, and leaving his dagger in his body, he went out and shut the door after him. Now the king's servants were very still, as supposing that the king had composed himself to sleep. Paragraph 3. Hereupon Ehud informed the people of Jericho privately of what he had done and exhorted them to recover their, their, their liberty, who heard him glad, gladly and went, to their, to, and went to their arms and sent messengers over the country that should sound trumpets of ram's horns, for it was our custom to call the people together by them. You know, the more the blowing of trumpets, then when you hear the trumpets, it's, it, 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 that's the gathering. It's time to come together. All right? Um, now, the attendants of Eglon were ignorant of what misfortune had befallen him for a great while. But towards the evening, fearing some uncommon accident had happened, they entered into his parlor, and when they found him dead, they were in great disorder and knew not what to do. And before the guards could be got together, the multitude of the Israelites came upon them so that, so that some of them were slain immediately. And some were put to flight and ran away toward the country of Moab. 
in order to save themselves. The number was above 10,000 of people that were slain. The Israelites seized upon the, the ford of Jordan and pursued them and slew them, and many of them they killed at the ford. Nor did, did one of them escape out of their hands. And by this means, it was that the Hebrews freed themselves from slavery under the Moabites. Ehud also was on this account and dignified with the government over all the multitude and died after he had held the government 80 years. Um, he was a man worthy of, of commendation, um, even besides what uh, he deserved for the aforementioned act of his. Of, of his. After him, um, Shamgar, the son of Anath, was elected uh, for the governor, but died in the first year of his government. All right, so again, this is bringing us to the end of, of, of the uh, of this two-hour session, this, this, this two-hour class, that we have Ehud, the lower race of Ehud, who freed the Israelites from captivity of the, of the Moabites. They had us in captivity for over 18 years. Uh, again, this sort of points I'm going to rehash. We as Israelites, yes, we did evil on the side of the Lord, so the Lord raised up a nation to come against us. Let me get that real quick. Um, again, in dealing with salvation, when we come to Psalms, chapter 17, I might have the wrong verse. Let me get it. Right, when we come to Psalms, chapter 17, verse 13, uh, in the book of Psalms, chapter 17, verse 13, it reads this. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. I wanted to point this out here from Psalms, chapter 17, verse 13, that God uses men to punish the Israelites. That, it, it, that whenever God, for our sin, for the sins of the Israelites, it wasn't this, this fiery pit that we went down into where there was this little red devil, uh, the, the Baphomet, um, uh, Mephisto, or whatever, uh, with, with a pitchfork and just, just steadily just juking us in the eyes as we're wrapped in, in, in a cactus plant that's on fire and the hordes of hell and, and skeletons and, 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 and are, 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 are holding us down as we're trying to escape, um, uh, blowing cayenne pepper into our eyes for eternity. That 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 was never the hell or or the 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 um the punishment that the Israelites went to captivity for for our sins. That the way we would God would punish us, He would punish us with the other nations. He would use men, people, to punish the Israelites, to put the hell on earth. That hell being in captivity, being oppressed. Being afflicted. All right? Reading on. Psalm chapter 17, verse 13, verse 14. Psalm chapter 17, verse 14 now. It says, From men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasure. They are full of children and leave the, the rest of their substance to their babes. So David is telling us, explaining right here, that God uses the nations, God uses people to punish the Israelites, right? And that while they're in heaven, they're enjoying the perks, the privileges um, um, uh, that their kingdom 
offers them that we as Israelites would be on the bottom suffering. We'd be the, the social economic bottom of society as a nation. And that's God that's how God punishes the Hebrew Israelites when we do evil against him. We're now at a point now where we, we, we've been serving this captivity here in, uh, of the Americas. Uh, we've been serving the captivity of the Americas and all around the world, but particularly here in America. That now it's come to the point, and we're at a point in time now, that for us to now return back to our nationality, to return back to, to our identity, and now come back and repeat and follow the things that our forefathers did, that we came together as a nation and we prayed to the Lord our God and asked for forgiveness as a nation, the nation of Israel, the Israelites, that just like the Lord did for us in the past and raised up saviors and raised up deliverers to deliver us from the captivity and the slavery that we were in, that he might do the same now this time, but with the anointed Savior, the one the world calls Jesus Christ. That was going to finally save us from this very last captivity that we would, that we would ever have to serve. All right. So with that, brothers and sisters, I do want to thank everybody who, who tuned in, and hopefully this this class was a lot more clearer than the one I did last Thursday. Um, you was able to get some edification. Where I'm not sitting there battling um, uh, uh, medication. <laughs> Over there, we're going to get this to you. Uh, please tune in tomorrow. It might be tomorrow night, brothers and sisters. Uh, tomorrow's Tuesday night class or Tuesday class might it might be uh, times apart tomorrow, or depending on on the schedule, I might have to do it. I know that he's he's got um, he has a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so there might not be a class tomorrow morning. He might uh, he might shift it to tomorrow evening, but we'll see. Or I might, I might uh, just take the class over and just continue going over this series about the saviors and deliverers. All right? So with that, brothers and sisters, thank you for tuning in. Um, and with that, I'm going to say shalom. Israel, Yahweh our power, Yahweh is one.